if you don't prioritize your relationship, I don't think you will do well either in your business or in your private life. Sacrificing your sleep, your food, your close relationships, and just working 16 hours per day, that's not sustainable. So I think we need to ask ourselves, how can we do this in a more sustainable way? Welcome to Venturing Women, a podcast about female founders, investors, and ecosystem enablers. Hi, this is Dara Kamkalova. There's a popular narrative that if you're an entrepreneur, you should be ready to put your life on the back burner. It's particularly widespread in the startup world. Founders are often portrayed and celebrated as superheroes. I'm not going to argue that building a business doesn't take a huge effort. But as an entrepreneur, can you still have a life and healthy relationships? My guest Jenny Holmstrom argues that, in fact, healthy relationships with our loved ones are the prerequisite for being successful as a founder. Jenny knows firsthand how putting business first can derail family life, and this, in turn, will inevitably affect business as well. Jenny is the CEO and co-founder of Coupleness, an app that helps couples to build healthy habits for happier relationships with questions, nudges, quizzes, and so on. And, of course, I couldn't help asking if we really need technology, even in such intimate aspects of our lives, as relationships with our partners. Perhaps I should have dedicated this episode to St. Valentine's Day, but hey, this topic is important every day, so why wait? Hi, Jenny. Welcome to Venturing Women. Thank you so much. The reason why we're having this interview is an update that you shared at some point on LinkedIn, and it pertained to this common belief that startup founders and entrepreneurs in general should be ready to put their life on the back burner to be successful. It really caught my attention, and I wanted to start this conversation with this question, why is this notion so popular? I mean, that's a super good question. And I would say, first of all, I mean, it takes a lot of work to build a, a company and even more work, I guess, to build like a super successful unicorn that a lot of people are striving for out there. But what I think it comes down to, and maybe this is a bit controversial, I don't think it is, is that if we look at the companies that have been built, they have most likely been built by men. And if we look at research, we know that the invisible labor and emotional labor mostly is done by women if we generalize in a relationship. So I guess a lot of men have been supported by their women. And then I think it's easy to say that you need to, to put a lot of work into your company and you can't focus on anything else. Does this automatically mean that it might be more difficult for women entrepreneurs to be successful as founders than for men? I think it is because I think you need to challenge the norms a bit more and maybe you need to change more within your own relationship to be able to do it. I'm doing it and I have tons of women around me doing it, but I think it could be harder, yes. I also sometimes wonder, is it more difficult for women who are founders even to find a partner and I know this interview starts in a little bit strange way, but there was a, a huge uproar again on social media in Germany relatively recently. A media personality wrote something like, there are so many brilliant women around me and they're still single. They're still in their 30s and they're still single because they don't even find a partner and many of them were founders. So I wonder if this is a much more torturous journey for women 
even to dare to become a founder because they may fear that they will not be successful in their private life. Yeah, I think a lot of women are thinking about how will it be when I have a family, if I want to have kids, how will I be able to balance this? Yeah, I think you're totally right. Uh, I think it comes down to priorities that you have a plan around it. To me, it's not different to planning other parts of your life, but I think we're not used to plan and think and be structured around this. And obviously, we live in a society, we're affected about everything that's going on around us. But I really think that if you sit down and, and have a think about it and, and talk to people around you that are within the same space, you will be able to figure it out. But it doesn't come naturally to many women how we live today. And maybe you need to kind of struggle a bit more. So how did you develop this contrarian view on the founder journey. So you advocate that founders should not sacrifice their whole life to be able to be successful. Why do you think so? I've been in so many rooms, listened to so many successful CEOs and co-founders of unicorns saying that you need to sacrifice more or less everything like the first three or five years. And there's something with that that doesn't speak to me. Yeah. Because to me, uh, life is about uh, my relationship and doing well physically and mentally. And I think when we have that in place and when we have that in order, we're all prepared and set to kind of take on the entrepreneurial journey. I was listening to a founder of a huge incubator the other day, and he was saying, just tell your friends and your family that the first three years, I will more or less disappear. I don't know if that's exactly how he said it, but that's how I remember it. And I don't agree with him. I answered and said, hey, I fully agree on that. You need to prioritize. But if you don't prioritize your relationship, I don't think you will do well either in your business or in your private life. How so? We know from the longest study on happiness and well-being um, by uh, Professor Waldinger at Harvard that it's the quality of our close relationship that are most important for our individual well-being and happiness. It's not money or fame or even genes. A lot of people don't know that. That's why I co-founded Coupleness is that I'm a little bit frustrated with people striving for being a successful entrepreneur or being famous or whatever. And then you might be leaving the really important stuff in life, your close relationship. They're not like in the picture. Um, and I guess uh, most of us want to, to live a, a long and healthy life with a lot of happiness. I think it's interesting if we compare the narrative about relationship at work. So the idea of people management has transformed substantially in the last decades. And now it is super important to build relationship at work and have a healthy relationship with your team. But why shouldn't it be the same at home? Because your family life or your partnership is a loss about teamwork. Oh, yeah, I fully agree. And I, if we start to think and talk and discuss it in those terms at our workplaces, uh, we can bring in the same narrative into our uh, personal lives and we can kind of relate a bit more to it. So I think that conversation really supports conversations that has to be done within the relationship as well. 
But you mentioned this head of incubator or accelerator, and usually startups that join incubators and accelerators, they're very early stage. So is having a life, a luxury accessible only to those founders who have already reached a certain level of success? For example, once you build your business and then started generating some revenue or perhaps you raised venture capital and now you can hire a team and delegate certain tasks or is it doable for any founder at any stage of venture building yeah it's a real good question and first of all you say with kids small kids small problem bigger kids bigger problem growing a company the problems (laughs) will be bigger and the challenges so I guess you need to prepare and set you up for that. You need to take care of yourself throughout the journey to be able to kind of withstand the challenges that are to come or that you have today. So having a mix of job and taking care of yourself and your relationships should be the priority from day one. Nevertheless, I totally echo that you need to, to put tons of energy and time into your company. So it might be that you don't do all those social engagements you used to do, but you can still have quality in your close relationship. Having someone you can talk to when life is, is tough and you know that you have people around you that will support you. Have you personally observed direct outcomes of sacrificing private life in favor of startup building? Yeah, I mean, the foundation to, to Kaplanes was that I was building another organization before Kaplanes and it was so much fun. It was tons of work. I more or less worked day and night. I had a five-year-old and a newborn, more or less, and it started to take a toll on my own relationship. And for the first time, I felt like, hey, there is something that's not right here and I started to look for tools for my relationship and I gone to individual therapy before and I quickly realized that the only thing that's around more or less is couple therapy and that was the seed to to coupleness and together with my co-founder Ted we discussed what can we do for couples out there like busy couples living a hectic life but still want to kind of nurture their relationship and then we co-founded coupleness. If someone is considering building a business, how they should approach discussing this topic with their partner? Because they think this is one of the crucial elements of this teamwork and your partnership to agree on some basic rules, or just set expectations. What was your approach to that when you decided to build a company and what would be then your more generalized advice based on your experience now? My approach was definitely to talk through work-life balance. Everything practical from picking up the kids, how we will do this, will we have external support, all that kind of things, because my husband has a demanding job. So we were really talking through that into the nitty-gritty details. And we were also talking through our financials. I think that's super important. Uh, both have a shared understanding and buy into the narrative of becoming a co-founder, not having funding in the company and what that journey mean to us as a family. That was the two things we did. But if I would give an advice to an entrepreneur starting their journey out there, now I would do it a little bit more in depth and I would look at it more or less like a roadmap for my relationship or my family as I would have for my company. And I would talk through communications, 
when you're super busy and you don't have any time or energy in the evening to talk, you just want to watch Netflix, I would set aside like 10 minutes per day just to talk about things that is not necessarily all the chores that need to be done and who's picking up the kids tomorrow. A little bit more like talking about uh, the future dreams you have or the best vacation you had back in the days, exploring and getting to know each other a little bit more. To have that as a daily habit and not lose that when everything is fast paced with your company, I think that's really important. In addition, I would talk about commitment because being a founder of a company, you will most likely be super committed to your startup. Maybe as committed as you are to your relationship. It's important not to lose sight of what's really important to your family and your partner and have things that are non-negotiable to you. Maybe that is that every day you eat dinner together or that you will not miss the graduation of your child or whatever it is to you. I would also talk through the financials in depth and, and make sure that we're on the same terms when it comes to the roadmap and the, the process moving forward. It's so in like your own financials and then your startup so to avoid misunderstandings or disappointments and so forth. So when you say roadmap, is it some kind of a projection, let's say three to six to 12 months? I'm thinking about how product managers create their roadmaps for products. That's exactly what I mean. If you start your company in August or whatever, let's talk about how to do this until New Year's. And then you go through all the areas I talked about. And then when you come to New Year's, maybe you have raised your first round of funding. And then you know that you have funding secured for another 18 months or whatever. So maybe then that's not the top priority. Or you haven't raised your round and you need to discuss what is our runway and what can we do about that? How much longer can you work without having funds? Ask your partner, do you feel I'm still committed to our relationship? Is there anything you like me to do differently and vice versa? So when you and your husband sat down and came up with this terms, and I tend to call them terms just for lack of a better word, did it work smoothly for you too? Or did you have to refine and iterate and update them from time to time? We've been kind of updating them. It's more or less three years now since I went into this new journey. And a lot of things has been happening and obviously not according to plan. So we have been iterating on our terms throughout the journey. Yes. And as a founder, you're also building a certain type of culture within your team. So how does this notion and this relationship with your own family translate into your company culture at Coupleness? Very, very family-oriented. And we really give room and space for taking two hours off. I mean, my daughter plays tennis at three o'clock. So obviously I'm taking her there and, and her friend from time to time. And that's totally natural. One of my co-founders, Peter, he has three kids and they're doing tons of sports. So we have really open mind to when we work, as long as we deliver on what we promise to deliver. So I think everyone feels quite comfortable and happy with that. And something we're doing more to care for our mental health and well-being and how we're doing is that at Stand Up, we ask each other how we're doing and how we're feeling and why we're feeling like we're feeling. 
It's a little bit like our product, but we do it um, within the team. This morning, I would say that I'm feeling really happy. I left my kid at school and she was super happy because she was going ice skating. So then I bring a, a good vibe and feeling into my work, but it could have been the opposite. And so that's we share. How do you steer this exchange of emotions within the team? So you say, okay, it can be the case that I'm not in a good mood and I'm not feeling okay. How do you handle it? How do you support them? Uh, obviously, we follow up. I would call them or say, hey, I know you're struggling with this. Is there anything I can do for you? So it's not like we just share and then it ends up in an empty hole or something like that. I think we all care for each other and, and support each other in that way. And do you think that this whole culture of hustling within the startup industry, do you think it's going to be changing any time in the future or will it continue to manifest and celebrate this sacrifice at all approach? What does it take to change this hustling culture? It comes down to all of us asking ourselves, how would we like to live our lives? How would we like to feel? I think most of us would like to be able to invest in our mental and physical health and our close relationships. So I think sacrificing your sleep, your food, your close relationships, and just working 16 hours per day, that's not sustainable. So I think we need to ask ourselves, how can we do this in a more sustainable way? Also knowing that there is an increase in, in, in mental illnesses and many people are struggling, it's more important than ever to ask yourself that question. Since we're talking about mental health and taking care of yourself, I know that you practice yoga. And my standard question to wrap up the interview is about something in your life that is not directly linked to your career, but something that substantially influences you as a leader and a founder. So how does yoga impact you as a leader and as a founder? I just love the question and I think it impacts me a lot. It has taught me how to look inward and how to feel my body, but also how to be present here and now. It's really challenging being an entrepreneur, being too stressed about what's going to happen with my company in two years' time. I have practiced so much so I can really focus on being this day or this month, not being too worried what will happen two years ahead and the last time when I practiced yoga my yoga teacher said listen to the echo of your bodies and when I went home driving home from the class I was thinking how could I transfer this to coupleness what is the echo of coupleness what kind of marks in society are we creating and what is the echo around coupleness in my daily work how is it affecting me and my body Imagine you didn't become an entrepreneur. What wouldn't be there in your life, in life of other people, in the world? I would say a driving force for making it fun and mainstream and easy to invest in your relationship. That's really what we're all about. We're here to reinvent love. Thanks for tuning in. If you like the show, share it with friends. Subscribe to our feed on Apple Podcasts or in your podcast app to never miss a new episode. Leave a review in the app you use. Reviews help us to get better and let more people discover this podcast. For updates, follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Telegram. 